Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to another Big Buck Breakdown from the Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? It's October, late October in Texas. And it's weird because a lot of leaves are starting to fall and change colors. And we didn't see that till November, like mid-November probably last year, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But there are some cooler things going on in the woods right now. Right now. <laughs> actually, more like in the yards than in the woods, to be honest. <laughs> so we're sitting on the job site right now, uh, taking a little break to do a... Uh, intro for this big buck breakdown and lo and behold there is a i would say shooter buck shooter i would shooter shoot buck. that i would shoot the mess out of that shooter deer. buck tending a doe in the neighbor's yard and he's been doing it for what 15 minutes yeah. and has tried tried to mount a few times so like it's on like and she's is, like wanting to accept but not kind of thing yeah like it's not like she's like deathly afraid like some does you see yeah no kidding man and this is kind of the uh i mean the the uh disprover or the prover of how our rut is weird here we're like <laughs> i mean this is what you would call lockdown stuff right and it's mm-hmm. happening uh at the end of october yeah where we live so yeah. time to be in the woods dude it's weird is he still <laughs> over there i can't see i don't see him right now they, they kind of went behind the berm or something they I guess. got kind of spooked by a uh citizen of this neighborhood <laughs> and uh Took off, but I think they're still pretty close around yeah. here. He's like, he's got like seven inch brow tines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a broke G3, like at the beam. Like this deer is legit 140s, probably something like that. <sighs> what a toad. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like I should be in a stand. The weatherman missed it again. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> well, it's actually right on the ra- on the uh, weather forecast right now. They just had to change yeah. it this morning, so <laughs> yeah. that's good. Exactly. Yeah. But, I was wondering. I was waiting on sunny and eighty degrees today, and it's like sixty-seven and cloudy. So yeah. But I'm gonna be hunting this evening. Is my plan. I'm gonna. So last night I went a little, on a little recon. And got to my hunting place very late, but I can observe kind of if I drive a little ways into the place, you know. So 
uh, parked my vehicle, got out, and stood behind some hay bales at last light, and I could see a couple deer in the pasture. And I get my binos up, and, you know, I can see a little bit more with binos, right? Mm-hmm. There is a very nice buck with a good frame, high, wide, chasing does like a pronghorn out in this pasture. <laughs> They are running everywhere, and I don't know why. I guess some of the does kind of like the flirtatious, flirt, ugh, I can't talk, flirtatious action too. But like they'll like, you know, kind of mess with him or something, then take off running <laughs> thirty yards. It's like they enjoy tormenting him or something. Oh, but man. so after that little note tonight, I'm going to go in on a ground mission. I'm going to go set up on the ground, right in this field edge. Because I mean, really, mostly because of the wind direction. There's mm-hmm. no trees to hang on this place. With this wind direction, so I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked for you, dude. I'm glad you're going because I know you've been like not, uh, you know, like kind of a little disappointed with some of the like data you're recovering <laughs> from that property. I guess yeah. you'd say because of like you're like, oh well, now they're coming out here, which is not what I assumed, and mm-hmm. so goes East Texas deer hunting. So they you come know? from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's tough, but. Um, you know, and I and I went the other day, and I'm I'm not planning on going tonight because I have to do you know duties that a husband and dad have to do sometimes, and and uh, I wish I was going every day, but I've just been I've you know just have a lot going on right now, and fortunately and unfortunately, I have picked up a lot of work in October, and so it gives me a lot of money to just go probably spend entire November like hunting every day, hopefully, but. Uh, but yeah, October has not been my month, and I'm looking at this deer right here, chasing and wishing that it was. But um, I did get to go the other night. Um, I think it was last Sunday. Oh, that wasn't last Sunday. It was last week uh, in the middle of the week, and it was on an evening hunt. The wind had finally changed. We had these light and variable easts over and over and over again, and finally changed to a westerly wind. And so I went. And basically pulled my stand and did a hung, hanging hunt on a different area of the property. Well, I had seen a deer where, right directly where my wind, I wanted my wind to blow over mm-hmm. this pond, right? I had seen a deer right next to the pond. And I was like, dadgummit. I saw her from the road. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to go in there. And I hopefully if I spook her, at least maybe I'll see other things later in the evening, mm-hmm. you know. And this is a good place to see a lot and learn something today on this property. And I did, man. I went in, but I did. I hung, I hung the stand, got up in it, and like 45 minutes later, I see the deer, and I had, I had uh, hung the stand, like within bow range of this deer, and not spooked her. Well done. And so I was very. That was a that was a win for me. I you was know very what that excited. means? That means you get to hang all the stands this year. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's light outside, I'll do it. <laughs> That's right. Morning hanging hunts are hard to do. That's what you call a drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but I did learn some stuff too, uh, not just from that doe and that, that hanging hunt experience, I guess, but I learned from uh, viewing other deer across the pasture, including the fact that there was a little buck that for 30 minutes plus did not leave a single um, pin oak tree, uh, which, which pin oak, you know, as we've talked about, can I think, be I mean, anything. I don't know. I'm still going to call that a red oak. Yeah, it's a... That's what, I mean... But there's a lot of red oaks. This is... It's like an eastern red oak, I'm pretty sure, or a southern red oak, one of the two. It's got really, um, like, the lobes are really thin, and so is the body of the leaf, mm-hmm. or whatever you might call it. Um, and they, 
extend several inches out. So pretty pretty pokey looking leaf, you know pokey. what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, it's a poke oak. It's a poke oak, is what it is <laughs> in in the post oak belt. Uh, <laughs> but it, uh, I was sitting in a tree, just the same exact type of tree. Um, but I was 250 yards away and this deer just sat under that tree and fed for like 30 minutes. And so, so you're calling this right here a pin oak that we're looking at. That's what I normally call a pin oak. That's like what it's I call a willow oak. Yeah. yeah. I just think that I, I called it a pin oak forever too. But yeah. like now that you've been calling it willow oak some in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me because it looks like a willow leaf. Well, yes, but it is like an accepted local term to be called, to be a, pin called a pin oak like okay. i looked it up like it's sometimes called a pin oak which this sometimes thing really throws a kink in the stuff <laughs> yeah. on oaks but and this is like we looked at the U- usda like, mm-hmm. terminology yeah and it's still very vague hey i'm gonna put a plug right here so sure. our, our buddies at um landed and legacy we talked to those guys pretty often and i don't remember if it was uh matt or adam who sent me madam uh, wasn't it madam yep. yeah madam <laughs> <laughs> but uh they, I put something on our story about like identifying this weird forb looking thing that I found in a pasture around here. And he sent me like the exact right answer. It was uh snake cotton, something like that is what it was called. And I was like, wow, how did you know that so fast? And he's like, dude, I'm gonna blow your mind. The iNaturalist app. If you don't have it on your phone, go get it. We're not getting paid by those folks by any means, but it's like super helpful because you literally can take a picture of a plant an animal a fungi or anything that you want to figure out what it is and they will give you suggestions to what they think it is and it's pretty dang accurate yeah it is pretty cool i'll uh give my wife a plug here and say that she has been using that app for a few months now really yeah really yeah so, you never told me about it. Well, I didn't use it. I just like relied on her, and so I didn't know technically what the app yeah. was. And then when I saw that conversation between you and Madam, I uh, <laughs> I realized that you know she's cooler than I thought. Yeah, she, I always knew she was that cool. Dog. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. You did good. Um, good. Thanks, man. Um, so. We have a big buck breakdown today, as we oh. said in the beginning, and it's a monster. It's like, the kind of get me fired up. Dude, it's it's like like some bucks, and I've probably said this several times before, but there's bucks that like, there's three-year-old 140-inch deer mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, four-year-old 160s in the Midwest, but then there are seven-year-old 130s, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're just like huge, heavy eight points with monster heads—the kind that you don't mess with. Gray body, looking nasty, gnarly deer, and that—that's kind of like how I feel about this deer right here. It's like one of those deer that just—I really like would rather shoot this deer scoring in the one thirties or whatever it might. This deer scores bigger than one thirties, but you know what I'm saying, like an mm-hmm. old deer that scores in the one thirties versus a four, three-year-old that scores 145 or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think that's way cooler. I think that deer is way more rare. And uh, anyway, we've got one of those today. Our good bo- buddy, Luke Lehay, uh is the guy that put yeah. it on him. And Luke, we finally got to meet at the QDMA convention um, after many months of calling him Laha. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets that pretty often. So I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's how you spell it. I don't know why you had to go off and say it all weird, <laughs> Luke. But uh, anyway, I think he might be an Indian thing, right? He's yeah. part of a native tribe. I think so, yeah. The, he looks uh, like he's part of a native yeah, tribe. I think it's the, the 
Northern Redhead Tribe, I think, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> now Luke's a good dude, man. Yeah, he he, uh, he definitely knows his Canadian geese and his his, his horns on whitetails and all of this. He does, man. We're cracking on him because we know he's about to listen to this thing. But really, he is a really awesome, knowledgeable dude. Uh, the reason we first connected with him is because you're reaching out to him about bow stuff, right? Yeah, Archery I stuff. think uh, he posted something on his story about being a listener or whatever, you know, just kind of give us a shout. And then uh, he's pretty knowledgeable on his archery stuff. So I was asking him a few questions and ends up just became became buddies through social media, which is a really, you know, we crack on social media a lot nowadays, you know, and cause some of the bad things it does. But, man, it does connect us, and it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm appreciative of that. Tyler's over here trying to snatch a pin oak leaf out there. <laughs> They're falling <laughs> They're like falling. crazy. We're doing this podcast outside because we wanted to watch this buck that's uh, tending this doe. Yeah. And, so we've been uh, getting a pretty good, uh, pretty good show while we're doing good this. Good dose of fall for sure, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, anyway, well, anything else? There actually is something okay. else, Tyler. Okay. We are giving away the Exodus Trail camera today, guys. <laughs> it's trek season. Hey. Uh, so <coughs> I want you to know that we have decided the winner, but we will tell you the winner. Right after the big buck breakdown. Yeah. So you got to wait till the end, listen through the end. Make sure you listen to this podcast because uh, Luke has some really cool things to say. And uh, and then, yeah, at the end, you will learn who the winner is. We had a lot of cool reviews, so thank you all for that. And uh, in the meantime, let's get to Luke and get fired up about some deer rut. Cool, let's go. All right, so now on the phone we have Luke Lehay from Old School Outfitters. What's happening, dude? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> We just got some snow, so everybody's oh. kind of chomping at the bit up here, but it's all melted already. So, <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, it came came last night for a little bit, and then it's supposed to be like up in the 50s and 60s the rest of the week. So. Really? So that's yeah, uh, that's like hotter than us. Yeah, right tomorrow now. we'll have a, a higher or a lower high than you will. <laughs> yeah, it's coming your way. So Yeah, yeah. It, it's here. There is It is currently 44 and raining, and so, uh, yeah, I, I would say it's here. It's... It's kind of sad. No. Me and Casey have been talking about it, but we hadn't. We don't really, uh, you know, like we want to be hunting because we had like a forty degree drop in temperature, but we just probably are not going to sit in the rain in <laughs> right. temperatures in the mid forties. So, um, well, so did you? You killed just a stud, man. Like Casey sent me a picture of this thing, and I was like, "That's just a giant right there." I mean, just heavy. It, was this was that on this front that we're talking about? So, I usually get quite a bit of daylight activity. Um, so back at about three years, I bought some cell phone cameras, and that's probably the best purchase I've ever made. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I it can call it cheating, call it what you want, but it makes me a better opportunist and a better deer hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps me out of the woods when I don't need to be there checking cameras. So we've. Since I've got those, I've really limited my traffic into the property, um, and I can really every time I go to hunt now, I go to to harvest a particular deer um, based off of their movements that I can check every day, and so it keeps me out of the property um, quite a bit actually, mm-hmm. and I think that really keeps the big deer or most of the deer comfortable in, in there. And so, um, yeah, he. I mean, I guess I guess I guess going back when i was planting my food plots um in september one of my food plots had like nine scrapes on it 
and which is crazy in September. Yeah. And they're all huge grapes. Mm. And so I really started figuring out what was moving in there. Um, and then I started really getting a lot of daylight pictures of the shooters I had. So, and I don't know if that's the daylight photos are because I stayed out of there or not, but I've had pretty good luck here getting, um, getting be able to, being able to pattern some of my shooters early season. Um, and once our corn gets cut, it kind of throws them all off there for a little bit. Cause a lot of our big deer, they can live out in that corn for mm. two or three months and nobody ever sees them. So mm-hmm. yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, November or October 6th, two years ago is when I shot my big one, my 184. And that happened to be the day before opening day of big duck season and and so i told myself that you know if i can shoot another buck on that day it'd be pretty cool and and so this year or this friday last friday was opening day or the day before opening day of big duck so same kind of the same time frame as i did two years ago and about this time they start kind of bumping does and scent checking does and pushing small bucks around when they come into the food plots so Mm -hmm. um, they're starting to creep farther farther into daylight yeah. So, so how did, how did everything go down when you, you know, when did you originally find that this buck was using your property and, um, and also when, you know, if that was a few years ago or whatever it might've been, when did you decide that this was when you were going to shoot? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I mean, the last, last year I didn't shoot one. Um, I didn't shoot a buck last year cause I didn't have anything I thought was mature. And so I really didn't hunt that much. And, you know, trail cameras showed that they weren't there. And I studied them pretty religiously to see if anything new came in. And and I had a couple three-and-a-half-year-olds last year that were non-typical. They were just throwing some weird stuff. And so I don't – those didn't show up this year, so I don't know if they showed up. They went – because, you know, a non-typical throw on antlers can can be an injury-based most of the time. Right. Uh, A lot of times it's a one-year thing, so – um, and so this guy, you know, I looked back at pictures from last year and the year before, and I couldn't find anything that had a distinctive. The only thing he had that was characteristic-wise was a, his left G2 was split, had a big split on it. So mm-hmm. that was a pretty distinctive characteristic that I couldn't find anything from last year or the, or the previous year. When, so, But he started showing up, you know, being able to identify him as a particular deer in about June, July, and velvet. And then um, I kept tabs on him most of the season. And then about right when he went, you know, hard horned, um, I kind of made the, put him on the hit list. Um, he made it up there and with a couple other bucks. And But the more I studied my other bucks, I realized that this guy was probably the more dominant. And I would assume to be the older one of the, of the few I had. So he kind of went up to the top of the hit list. The other bucks I had on that hit list probably wouldn't probably would have scored more, but I think this guy was older, so mm-hmm. That's he cool. put he made it to the top and and I guess I hunted him I hunted for that particular deer uh, about two weeks ago. He was coming coming by one of my cameras right at shooting light right at dark and with two other small bucks and and the two small bucks showed up right on cue, but he didn't. And so I didn't harvest him that night. And then I chased another buck I had one other morning. And I saw him. 
but he skirted the food plot and he didn't come in. And then it would have been Thursday night. I got a picture of this deer, this G2 buck, uh, at 6.15 p.m., which is plenty of daylight. Um, and so I said that, you know, I, I got a lot of work to do here at the lodge, so I had to convince a lot of people to let me go deer hunt <laughs> when I needed to be working. Yeah. And so that's the hardest part is everybody's kind of looking at me weird. I was like, just let me go deer hunt. <laughs> So I don't have to deer hunt the rest of November, December. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm about the biggest fair weather deer hunter you can find. I'd, I'd, I'd feel really good in Texas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When it gets cold, you last thing, last place you'll find me is sitting up in a tree getting, sitting in a 40 mile an hour wind and snow and sleet. Mm-hmm. I ain't about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, he, uh, he came in at 615 on Thursday night and then Friday he came in at about 610 right on cue with a bunch of does and small bucks in the food plot. And he sent checked most of the does and ran off all the other bucks and had them there in front of me for about 10, 15 minutes before I, he gave me a quartering away 18-yard shot and made a really good shot on him. And he went about 150 yards and piled up. You watched so him drop? I didn't see him drop. He ran the – so my wife shot a doe in that food plot last year and with her bow, and he ran the exact same trail he did. she did. And so I had a pretty good idea. She di- he died about 20 yards where she did. So it was kind of, it was nice to, I could follow the blood trail real easy and it led mm-hmm. me right to where I was thinking he was going. So Nice. Man, that's awesome. pretty good. That, yes. That's awesome, dude. Congrats on that. I, you know, for the listener, we, uh, we've been in touch and, and kind of had some correspondence with you for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I think Casey originally was inquiring. You're a really knowledgeable guy and, he was inquiring about some arrow stuff, I think, for a while when yep. he was getting ready to do his uh, his whole change and set up this year. And then yep. we had the pleasure of finally uh, getting to meet you face-to-face at the uh, QDMA National Convention this summer and and uh, became pretty good friends over the event, man. Yep. And, uh, and man, I'm super proud of you. Um, you know, like, like, you, you, like you had told me before, you know, you're a fair-weather deer hunter, so sometimes that can limit your season, man. And, and right. you've killed some toads, man, and... Uh, you're you seem to be really involved with the whole qdm uh side of things um so so how does this you know is this a is this farm small i mean you talked about pressure and staying off of it with with cell cameras and stuff like that and and, but you also talked about uh corn i'm guessing as like agricultural corn and then also a food plot how does this whole thing set up so it's about i guess about an out in my neck of the woods central kansas you know your average block of woods is based around a creek or some type of water source and it's about a 300 acre farm um and then surrounding it's a bunch of pastures and uh either corn circles or bean circles or dry wheat um and so we have a lot of ag production in kansas which is why we have big deer (laughs) Um, we have quality food so and good soil for the most part and so this farm is about an average Average kind of track of land out in my neck of the woods is about 200 or 300 acres. Um, nothing huge, but it, if you manage something like that, um, I mean, you can manage any any size of acreage to hold deer. And, and I do all of my work on about, I would say, 50 to 75 acres. So I don't step foot outside of that 50 to 75 acres until I shed hunt. And, and I think that makes a big difference on pressure. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, three food plots all in a row 
um, I built my food plots in certain areas to where deer, like during the rut, can't see the other food plot from one food plot. So they have mm-hmm. to go from one to the next and from the next to see the another and go into all three of them. And it's kind of cool. Last year I rattled in a buck, a little buck, and he ran right into my first food plot. He didn't see anything. He ran to my next one, stopped and looked around. And I saw him disappear over to my third one. And he came back about three minutes later into the second one and then back into mine looking. So <laughs> having barriers in between the food plots makes them, they can't just walk into one and see all of it. Right. That's cool. And so I have five food plots all in this 75 acres. They're all about an acre a piece and they're all secluded. And, um, and so I try to, that spot that I shot my buck out of is literally the only spot I've shot deer on that property, even though I have a couple other stand sites. It's just always my honey hole. Mm-hmm. And it always works out. It's very secluded in the center of the property, and I can sneak in there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I do all my work on that little chunk there. So when they see a vehicle drive through there or a four-wheeler, it's not something new. Um, the landowner likes to take a dog down there and run around, so mm-hmm. they always stay on that 50 acres. And so all of the CRP and trees and creek bottom around that 50 acres is pretty much sanctuary. Because we don't walk it or step foot in it really until we shed hunt. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference on keeping deer feeling comfortable on that property. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah man, that's cool. So did you do anything, you know, you said that, that, that honey hole stands kind of like right in the middle. Have you done any habitat manip- manipulation to help with access to that place? Not really. There's a two track that goes all the way down to it. And that's, I, I love that food plot and I love hunting in that food plot, but access is the hardest thing to get into and so i almost limit myself to only hunting there in the evenings um so i can get in there because mm-hmm. during the mornings you know they're usually in the food plot before light yeah um and so i usually try to get in there early around one or two or three in the afternoon and then set it out all night but i like i said i only touch those i only go in there if i'm about 90 to 95 percent confident i'm going to kill something yeah mm-hmm. looking that kill. makes a big difference <laughs> yeah and we have a we have we're blessed and uh, Greg Harper might not agree with this, but in, in the land of legacy, my guys might not either. But we're blessed with a few cedar trees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eastern red cedars, and and uh, that's what I love to put tree stands in. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just cover up your your movement when it's windy, and they cover up a lot of your scent. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of opportunities to hide in. Yeah. And so that's what this tree stand was in. It was in a we had a double ladder stand in a big cedar tree. That's nice, cool. man. And I, comfortable. I can't hunt that. I can't hunt that without a north wind. So right. we've been limited to a few days with north winds. And uh-huh. I just made it happen on one of them. Well, that's so. awesome, man. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on the cedar tree thing, man. I I have um, one of my favorite things to to do in the past has been to sit, um, you know, like an eight foot tripod in the middle of one of them cedar mm-hmm. trees. And it's hard to do. It's hard to yeah. just get it in there, you know. But uh, man, it's just bulletproof. I feel like you could do jumping jacks in some of those things right. and not be seen, you know. And um, and you don't. And obviously, you're not very high off the ground. And um, uh, in 2013, uh, because of a cedar tree, I was able to stalk up on a buck in a high wind and shoot mm-hmm. him, you know, a big old buck. And 
Uh, so they're they're nice for they have a few good applications, yeah. you know. Yeah, very few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the best part is the leaves don't fall off when it gets cold. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for <laughs> sure. Good wind block if they need to be. Yeah, yeah. shelter belts, man. Yeah. Yep. So um, you know, you're kind of in a, a uh, I don't know, interesting area of the country, right? Where like mm-hmm. crops are everything when it comes to yep. whitetail. It seems. Uh, was there any like pressure? to get this done before there are any changes in like the way the crops work in your area i i was hoping to get it done before the corn came out yeah on one of my other deer but he just wasn't showing up during daylight and about once the corn turned you know right by the way this property is is a is a big corn circle which is a big food source and i was about when the corn turned they they stayed in that corn and they didn't leave mm-hmm. uh, we got some big rains up here and so there's standing water all over in those cornfields, food, corn cover. I mean, that's they had no reason to leave. Yeah, yeah. And so once that corn got cut, and the beans, and um, you know, a lot of the they kind of started using them just at dawn and dusk, and and went back to the tree lines and the CRP for cover. Mm-hmm. And that's when we really started getting daylight photos of them on their feet. Yeah, yeah. in those transition areas. Oh, that's cool. So. I know on your on your big deer a few years ago you had some you had some video footage. Did you get anything mm-hmm. with this deer? Yeah, I had had an intern with me. Oh, um, cool. Alex, he's he's helping me out this year uh, with my pheasant guide service, and so he we had all the big cameras up. You know how it goes. You've set up all the big cameras up, and then you got fifteen twenty deer in front of you, and you <laughs> film it with a cell phone camera. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I told them we had two camera angles, two DSLRs set up. We had everything ready to rock and roll, and then I barely got stood up. I was shaking the tree so bad. I don't know how he could have got up with me, but yeah. oh, I get buck fever so bad. It ain't funny. Dude, I watched <laughs> your story. It was outrageous, <laughs> dude. It was, the, does started, the does came in right before the buck did, and I knew they were going to. And every time I thought about that buck, the limbs would start shaking <laughs> in the whole tree. It was bad. That's awesome, uh, dude. We're going to start I, calling I, you Rattling Red, man. Just your yeah. knees just rattling around. <laughs> the biggest, here's here's the funny part. The biggest thing that helped me calm down was I dropped my release. Oh, no. I have, a, I have a Carter forefinger, and I pulled my bow off of the hook to set it in my lap, and it hit the thumb trigger on my binoculars, and it landed right at my feet on my platform, luckily. But it made a bunch of noise, and all the deer stared at me, and I thought it was game over, and then they went back to chowing down, and so I slowly bent down and picked it up, and after that moment, I calmed down a little bit, but yeah, I was, oh, I get so, I look like I got Parkinson. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, man, that's crazy. That's that's a cool story, man, and what an awesome buck. Like, I, you know, you're talking about how you had deer that probably would score higher, but man, mm-hmm. you know, like my dad and I have hunted together a lot and um, on several leases and different permissions and stuff. And man, I I tend to, he likes to shoot, you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. in November, he's probably going to pull the trigger on a deer. And then I'm, I'm the kind of guy that like, well, I will hunt the cold, cold days and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't enjoy it that much, but I do feel good about my chances. And I've shot a lot of deer in December and I'll end up shooting these old bucks that are big eights or whatever, you know, and they're just yeah. heavy. And that's just like my favorite deer to shoot. And every year my yep. dad's like, man, I just wish I had the patience like you do. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I'm shooting these deer over here that are scoring like 150, 160, but you know, your 140 looks bigger than that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So 
anyway, I, I, uh, I really appreciate that deer that you, you shot, man. I think it's awesome, awesome deer. So, uh, no, send thanks. us some pics and we'll put them on the story, man. Will do. Yeah. Um, so if you, and you, you have, when we introduce you as old school outfitters, what's the, what are you outfit there? So we, we do, uh, primarily pheasant hunts, uh, upland bird, pheasant quail, and, and we can get a hold of some chucker, but mm-hmm. mostly pheasant hunts. Um, for now we might tap into deer later. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of ground in Kansas is so tough to get on and sure. get access to. I mean, any big buck state, mm-hmm. um, it's high dollar out here and anywhere for that matter. Yeah. And so, and deer hunting, it's it's tough. It's hard to guarantee a lot. Um, pheasant hunts, I can guarantee you a good time. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> um, the thing is the expectations are so high <laughs> sometimes when people go on those outfitted deer hunts yeah. that you can't ever meet their expectations, you know, or right. hardly ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's tough, and it, but it's a lot of fun. I, I'm a big fan of camaraderie and yeah, and good people and good places and uh, pheasant hunts look a lot of a lot of fun. It's if you get a good group of guys and you get to have all the dogs uh, all the dogs running at the same time and mm-hmm. you know you aren't limited to one dog or a couple dogs with waterfowl and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a lot of fun when you get the right people in the right place. Sure, there to have a good time, and so that's what I like to capture is. Um, the camaraderie aspect of things yeah real quick uh tell us about your lodge man i uh yeah. i think it's a pretty interesting story so you know when we decided to so i was teaching for the last six years and one of my life goals was to be my own boss before i was 30 and you know some people think i'm crazy and that's okay but I just want to be my own boss. So I think you're crazy, to, but not yeah. just not because of that. <laughs> we agree. Yeah. We agree with you on that part. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. definitely crazy. It's, it's a lot of pressure, but it's a it's a lot less stressful, but more stressful at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just it's one of those things I really wanted to do um, was own my own business full time, and and we're in the perfect location, and we know a lot of people that really enjoy pheasant hunting, so we kind of looked at where we could do it and where we're at you know i i farm full-time in the summer so i have access to a lot of farm ground and a lot of crp corners and waterways and pastures and um, a lot of good pheasant and cover and we're looking for a place to lodge our clients and i've been running for the last couple of years a group here a group there and i'd have to use a hotel and that kind of defeats the camaraderie aspect yeah. of things you know oh, yeah. yeah for sure and so we looked at building a lodge and maybe buying a house and remodeling into a lodge and we live in a little city of about 150 people here and and there's an elementary school that is kind of vacant um it's kept up and whatnot but it just wasn't being used and so we got we got to talking to the city council and and they were more than happy to um sell it to us and and as long as it was being used and so we got got access to it and it's right off you know a couple busy roads here and we're going to open up a coffee shop and a cafe, and then it'll be a full bed and breakfast um, outside of hunting season. Oh, cool, man. So it's a, it's a big project. It mm-hmm. had five classrooms in it. It's not just like a little white schoolhouse. It's a big full-size elementary <laughs> school. Yeah, yeah. And so we're splitting all the rooms up into um, four of the five rooms. are splitting up into rooms, so it'll be, it'll be nine rooms, and eight of them will have double queens. And so we've been building walls and fixing stuff and replumbing everything and re-electrical everything and mm-hmm. getting the coffee shop done. It's just project after project after project mm-hmm. with a deadline of opening weekend pheasant season. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. That deadline's coming up real quick. Oh, it is, man. And and uh, that's a good time of year to be out in the woods. So yep. you're definitely going to want to have that done. Um, yep. Man, that's that's cool, man. I'm excited for you. Um, and, you know, if, if the listener is looking for a bird hunt and some good camaraderie, yep. man, check them out. Uh, we'll put the link here sure. in the show notes. So, uh Anyway, Luke, congratulations on that yeah. monster buck, man. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on the phone with us. So this story shows us that sometimes it's a good thing to take off a day of work and go hunting. You know what I mean? I know it, man. And today's probably that day for us. But I'm I, thinking that, too. I don't know. Look at what all these the leaves heck? falling right now. Oh, oh leaves my in my face. <laughs> 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 How Dude, opportune. That was cool. That was cool. Well, uh, I don't think I'm going to get to take off today, but I am going to hit the woods later. And you and I are, in fact, headed to the great state of Luke Leahy ourselves next week, dude. <laughs> Talk know, about dude. taking off from some work. Dude, uh, I know. We're actually like taking a straight up rutcation pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pumped. I don't really have any work to do right now. So it's more <laughs> like I'm just uh, just going to claim uh, unemployment and go for it. Yeah, I think. it's all right, man. Well, hopefully uh, <laughs> our conversation with Luke can rub some good juju off and, and we'll have some uh, similar success, man, because that's an awesome story. And, uh, He's a good dude, man. Yeah. I'm glad that he can get that done and in time to do all his other stuff, you know, with his outfit and stuff mm-hmm. and all that. But well, I think that's kind of a point to be made, too, is that, like, Luke, he talked about how it was the night that he needed to take off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you got to be smart about it. You can't just randomly go into the woods and uh, miss your kids' soccer games and, you know, help helping your girlfriend or wife with dinner or whatever it might be. Um, you know, like, you need to have a good reason to go and – in that way at least this time of year when you know october when the rut maybe hasn't been cranking like it will in the next week or two mm-hmm. you know to to be like yeah well the wind sets up really well you know what pressure is going to be high or there's a front moving in and we're you know we're seeing increased deer movement along the roadsides and stuff i think this is i need to go this afternoon or whatever so it's a good point to be made that you know there are certain days that you might want to take away from work uh based off of what uh, some of these guys like mark drury and jeff yeah. sturgis have told us in yeah, the last for few weeks sure, man i think so too but something that we're going to do while we are up there is we are going to put out some shell cameras in fact we, if might we can put find out, any <laughs> yeah we'll find any to put out goodness gracious we are kind of we got them out low. we got them out on uh other stuff here in texas but um we actually are going to give away one of the trail cameras that we use right now Right now, <laughs> Mike Peeker. Um, okay, so uh, guys, we want to let y'all know that review number 39, 39, 39 is the fine. winner. Feeling fine at 39. That's how old you are, right? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Come on. Um, number 39 good. was left on October 16th and left by Smirky. 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 You think he's smirking because he shoots big he probably deer? probably just grinning because he knew he's going to win. He knew. <laughs> he, he knew. We're bringing him the news <laughs> that he knew. <laughs> Old Smirky. Smirky says, great show. Five stars. Very informative, entertaining, and down-to-earth listening. Dang. Thanks, Smirky. Thanks, Smirky. I'm, I, I very much appreciate being described in that way. Yeah. So that yeah. sounds good to me, man. Smirky. Get in contact with this dude. Let us know. You probably got about, oh, I don't know, two weeks. 
I'm thinking you. like a week most because I'm going to put this thing out in Kansas. That's true. If he doesn't That's, true. Us. That's true. You may get a hold of us by next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Smirky can get a hold of us. Send us a, uh, a message on Insta or from our website, which is theelementwild.com. Or at Facebook. Or at Facebook, yeah. And uh, you can get a hold of us through any of those uh, places. And, yeah, we'll get that out to you, man. Thanks, everybody, for leaving all the great reviews. We have read them all, and they are all encouraging, and we very much appreciate that. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. If you have not left a review and you're like, oh, man, I just missed out on the last giveaway of the year, (laughs) we got a little something for you, okay? Yes, this is our last giveaway of the year, but our next giveaway, which is undetermined as to when that will be, will start from this review forward. Right. Then we talk about that? Well, unless it's like a huge package deal, then we might Ooh. just include everybody. Because it true. might be it's so good that we want to give everybody that's a shot. That's true. But, but, that, but gonna, likely, you're right. The point is, don't stop leaving reviews in anticipation of the next giveaway. Right, right. Because we're going to start from here and go forward. Yeah, right? exactly. So it's always a good time to leave the Element Podcast a five-star review. Yeah. Good call, man. I, I definitely uh, agree with you there. And... Um, I I think uh, my sister even left one. Way to go, girl. I know. Man. She doesn't even hunt. I know. She doesn't even eat meat. I mean, she likes us. (laughs) (laughs) So... Anyway, yeah, like Casey said, thank you all for all the great reviews, man. They, they were heartfelt, and and definitely um, it's encouraging for us going forward here into the season, uh, especially considering the fact that we just have been workaholics and haven't been able to get out in the woods a whole lot, and mm-hmm. other than a doe and an elk, uh, Team Element. Really, just uh, T. Jones has, has no <laughs> success this year at all. Not even seeing deer, you know. But yeah. I actually do have some pretty good ones on camera. Uh, I just, my property is small and doesn't really set up for them to be there very often. It's so. going to be a killer rut property, man. I think so too. It's just not a, it's not a deer holding property at the moment, yeah, but yeah. you'll be good. So let me ask you a quick question on the way out. Have I passed any deer that you would have shot? No. Okay, good. Mm-mm. It's good. I mean, uh, uh, Especially on your property, but. I, I mean, uh, over on your property too. On my property, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that that eight that I've got on camera mm-hmm. that came with the 10. Mm-hmm. You remember him? Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a touch better than Swope. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for I sure. I think he is, yeah. But he's sure. real heavy, and he's got really good threes and twos. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like my bottom line, I feel mm-hmm. like. So that's kind of why I'm saying that. And then your, uh, uh, what's he, short three buck? What do you call him? Cautious. Cautious. The two-year-old? Yeah. yeah. He's, just, he's just so young that mm-hmm. I, I don't know that my landowner would really want me to Dude, he's not really worried about it, but just, you know, he knows a little bit about that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and we so. want to shoot mature bucks, too. You yeah. Know, that's kind of the reason I didn't shoot either of those deer myself. Yeah, you so. know, they're respectable bucks. But uh, I felt kind of guilty in the past about passing deer on public that I know you would have shot, you know, but just because I was the shooter and I kind of have a, a place I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that that's not the case on any of these deer. And this year on public in Texas, I have a feeling – I'm going to be feeling pretty itchy. So Dude. a good three-year-old gives me a chance. I just might might have to do it. I'm I'm just missing it right now because we hadn't been out there since mm-hmm. early October. Haven't really had the weather. That's and it. It's just a, a it's lot a of, this, a lot of stuff of is yeah far away, and really our better stuff's far away right now. So mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know. We haven't made it out there a bunch, and quite honestly, having these permission things just kind of makes you a little bit lazy every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yep. uh, but I am missing that, man, like you said. And I think, too, like we did, we've did, we been to public a few times, and our last experience was kind of a uh, bitter experience with like having a guy steal a car that have a trail camera and turn it off and stuff like that. And Heat then, and mosquitoes. Yeah, and mosquitoes were just going cray. So Swirly winds. Yeah, but anyways, well, I'm sure we will get out to public again pretty soon because I'm feeling it, man. It'll be within the, the next seven days we're going to be on public. Oh, I yeah. When we hit out of state, we're going to be on public <laughs> for show. So I'm ready, man. Yeah, I know. Let's Me get too. It done. I'm ready too. So congrats to Smirky. Smirky. Can't remember if it's smiley or smirky. He's going to be pretty smiley after this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he just got a good prize. That's congrats, right. Congrats, man. Yeah, congrats on that, man. And uh, remember, this is your element. Living it. Hey, guys, turkey season is in full swing right now. And if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some meat eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms I like them because it gives you hand-free calling meaning when you're working a bird up close you can have your gun on your knee finger on the trigger ready to roll and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls because I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I'll have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.